COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Symptoms of this respiratory disease include fever, cough, and sharpness of breath. These symptoms may show up 2 to 14 days after exposure. If you're experiencing these symptoms and have come in contact with or in an area with an ongoing outbreak, please call a hotline and or consult a physician. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I'm your host, Dan Scotland. If you are currently a medical marijuana patient and want to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at IamCannabisSativa at gmail.com. Feel free to hit us up on Instagram at IamCannabisSativa. You can also find me on Twitter at ICSativaPod. You can find and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor FM, Overcast, Radio Republic, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play Music Store, and more. Please rate and review us on iTunes as rating and reviewing us will bump up the pod on their algorithm and put this podcast in front of even more eyeballs. If you like what we are doing, please become a Patreon supporter of the podcast and support us. Supporting us helps us to keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. And you can do this by going to https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash I am Cannabis Sativa podcast slash support. You can also support me now on Patreon at www dot patreon.com slash IC Sativa podcast. You can support this podcast for as little as $1 a month. We also have a $5 tier if you're feeling extra generous. A special thanks to our current patrons and supporters. Shout out to friends of the show Reefer Revolution for supporting the podcast. Shout out to our new Patreon and friend of the show Gracie Gatto. Shout out also to Joy One Love 420, also a friend of the show and founder of Keystone State Reviews. Becoming a Patreon or financially supporting us through Anchor, Patreon, PayPal gets you perks like early episodes, exclusives, and, and shout outs at the beginning of every episode. We also have been recently syndicated by friend of the show, Russ Belfill, and will now be featured weekly on Radical Russ Radio right before his show from Monday, 7 a.m., Tuesday, 9 a.m., Wednesday, 11 a.m., Thursday, 1 p.m., and Friday, 3 p.m., all mountain times. And without further ado, let's get to the episode. Howdy, folks. Dan Scotland here joining you from Legal, Massachusetts, the heartland of America. We found anywhere you find podcasts such as Podcast Attic, iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, Radio Public, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and other platforms like it. You can find me on socials on Instagram at underscore I am Cannabis Sativa and then on Twitter at IC Sativa Pod. Today's episode is going to ruffle some feathers, um, tough cookies, I don't care. This is something that needs to be said. I'm going to issue a little bit of tough love today um, because I, I keep, like, people always say to not really read the comment sections of, of articles, whether on Reddit, whether on 
um, news sites, whether um, anywhere on the internet. There's a lot of trolls. There's a lot of toxic um, discussions, flame wars, so on and so forth. So people usually say to avoid the comments. But I'm a glutton for punishment. And I want to kind of know what the average person thinks. So I read more comments than I feel that I should. Um, it's probably not the best for my health a lot of the times, but it is what it is. But I have to be completely and utterly frank. Every time that cannabis comes up, um, whether politically, whether, you know, it's a state, you know, legalizing on a legislative level, um, whether it's a state looking at decriminalization, whether it's a state even looking for medical marijuana reform, um, you know, like if something fails or something doesn't get past committee or um, a, a legalization bill got shelved or um, or certain politicians are in, in a state like like Dan Patrick are infamous for, you know, blocking reform or whatever. Most of the time that this happens, um, and, and there are a lot of conservative Dems, but they're not going to get my, they're not going to get my fire today right now. Um, the GOP for the most part will get that. Um, <laughs> if there are so many quote unquote pro cannabis Republicans, why don't they have any flipping power? That's my question. Uh, a recent poll said that in Louisiana, there's, there's, Close, I think over 60% of people want it legal for all adults. Like 60% of the adults in, in, in the Pelican state want it legal, and including 58% of Republicans. If 58% of Republicans want it legal, why aren't they blowing up the phones of, of, of Democratic Governor John Bell Edwards to get this done? Why aren't they blowing up the phones of the Republican lawmakers? Why... why if Republicans are almost at parity with Dems or are getting there on, on, on cannabis reform, why haven't, why hasn't only one Republican governor signed a legalization bill? And that's Phil Scott of Vermont. Why, why is that the case? Why is it in Texas? You have Zardan Patrick, who's again, Republicans control both legislative chambers in Texas and their legislative sessions are every two years. Um, and, in 2019, last time around, um, the the governor, um, Governor Abbott, Greg Abbott, he worked with a Democrat on, on cannabis decriminalization or cannabis reform. But then his lieutenant governor, who's an even bigger fossil than, than the governor himself, and in Texas, the lieutenant governor runs the Senate and Republicans just happen to have a majority. He blocked it. He didn't allow he didn't allow it to get a, a, a real vote in the Senate and it died. North Dakota, Republican lawmakers proposed legalization to get ahead of the activists. They want to put forth a, uh, a cannabis initiative that favors the plant and favors the people that love the plant and favors the people that love users that happen to use the plant. It, 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 ballot initiatives always tend to be more pro-consumer or usually... I mean, I mean, you do have cases like Washington, Washington and New Jersey where you didn't have home grow and that was voted on. But a lot of the times when you put it to a ballot, 
it tends to be a lot more liberal than letting your lawmakers do it because again a lot of your lawmakers are fossils they hate the plant they hate the people that use the plant or they haven't used since their teenage or or, or, or 20 something years excuse me they see themselves as 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 um polished professional adults that gave that that gave up the childish things in their 20s to go into politics and they haven't used in 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, or they see it as a degenerate drug that, 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 that the rest of development folks continue to do. They see it as a marginal drug done by marginal people. That's most of your politicians. Most of your politicians right now, they're not, they're not in line with the American public, whether it's the cop unions that push them to not be in line, whether it's, um, you know, big alcohol money, big pharma money. I don't know. But a lot, a lot of your politicians are fossils. But any, any state where there have been legislative victories on cannabis, it's, it, it's been through Democrat governors. It's been through um, Democrats controlling vote chambers. And a lot of these votes, they, they happen, they always happen along party lines. Like Virginia, for example, that's this is another example to prove that the pro cannabis Republicans have zero power. Um, most of the most most voters um, of all persuasions want wanted cannabis legal in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Um, Northam originally only ran on decriminalization. When Northam started, he didn't have control of all the legislative chambers in Virginia, but then the Dems got unified control. And we're able to decriminalize cannabis. We're able to make the medical program more of a real program. And this year, they were able to do full legalization. And guess what happened? Um, initially, when this was agreed upon by the Dems, legalization was going to kick in in 2024. So it wasn't going to kick in for another three years. But then Democratic leaders... All dem, I mean, mostly Democrats. There were three Democrats that that um, voted against expediting the date, but but Democrats wanted to push it forward so that legalization of possession and 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 growing your own would kick in July first of this year. So they were able to expedite the date. But guess what happened? I believe, from what I read, three Democrats voted against legalization and voted against um, expediting the date, and all the Republicans voted against it. That's 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 another example right there. North Dakota, they were looking into. Yeah, I got sidetracked. I was talking about North Dakota and I didn't finish. North Dakota, the Republican leaders looked into legalizing cannabis because they didn't want they didn't want a California style ballot initiative passing next year. The Republicans control all three branches in North Dakota. And to their credit, um, a couple of years ago, they did, they did the, Repu- the Republicans in, in, with, with all with unified control a couple of years ago, after their initiative failed three years ago, they decriminalized and lowered penalties for cannabis. So I'll give them credit on that. So maybe that's one point right there for the GOP. But Republicans propose um, legalizing it through the legislature to get ahead of the the activists putting it on the ballot next year. Bill, the bill did not make it out of the necessary committees and didn't get to um, 
Bergam's desk. It didn't. It didn't get to his desk. He didn't. It, he didn't get to sign it. it. It failed. It didn't get. It didn't pass the necessary committees. And guess who controls all three branches of their government? Republicans. Maine. Let's go into Maine. Recreational. They legalized recreational in 2016. Their governor, their racist pre-Trump, proto-Trump before Trump governor, Paul LePage, Republican, kept vetoing implementation of legalization. Kept doing it. Kept vetoing it. The retail sales of cannabis did not start until October 2020. So that was nearly four years after they voted on it. Um, they couldn't they couldn't get their market started until LePage got out of there and a Democrat replaced him. That's a, that's another example right there. He reefer madness by these GOP people. And um, again, Texas, you have Zardan Patrick, lieutenant governor, who 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 blocked decrim last last session two years ago. And and according to articles we read um, this year, it looks like he's poised to do it again. Wyoming, to their credit, Republican leadership proposed legalizing cannabis but again it didn't get through the necessary committees it it, it it stumbled out of the gate didn't get out of committee and it didn't get a vote and it didn't even it didn't even get to governor gordon's desk that's another example right there um what other state pennsylvania the governor who's a democrat wants it legal the lieutenant governor is a progressive and, t- and tweets about cannabis all the time. Both chambers, both legislative chambers in Pennsylvania are controlled by Republicans. They won't get a legalization bill out of committee and they won't even get it to his flipping desk. I, I can go all day. Wisconsin, Democratic governor, Democratic lieutenant governor, both want legalization. Republicans have a supermajority in both chambers. Medical, medical can't even get out of committee. <laughs> Florida. Florida is a medical marijuana state. Florida has close to or over half a million medical marijuana patients. Two Republican senators. Both have terrible records on cannabis. Should I do one more state? Should I? Should I do one more state? All right. Oklahoma, medical marijuana capital of the United States. Over 8% of People in the state have cards, but somehow they're senators that represent Oklahoma. They hate the plant and they hate the people that use the plant. Arkansas, medical marijuana was le- was legalized in 2016. Tom Cotton last year was complaining about cannabis stores being deemed essential because he hates the plant and hates the people that use the plant. If there are so many pro-cannabis Republicans, why don't they prioritize cannabis reform? Why aren't they blowing up people's phones? Why aren't they um, v- voting out reefer badness? Why aren't they voting for libertarian type candidates? If, if you're a conservative, why aren't you doing that? Well, and if you're a conservative and, and you continue and you vote for these politicians because, oh, my taxes, but then you're, you're an ardent cannabis supporter and um, you love the plant and love the people that use the plant, like that does not make sense. I'm sorry, it doesn't. You're, you're literally voting against your interests by doing that. They have proven over and over throughout the country through the numerous examples I just provided that they hate the plant and they hate the people that use the plant. Well, only one Republican governor 
only one Republican governor in in recent memory legalized passed a full legalization bill, and that was that was the governor of Vermont. And and two to my memory, two Republican governors passed decriminalization. That's New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu, and then that's um, Doug Burgum of of North Dakota. If 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 there are so many Republicans that are pro cannabis, why do they have zero power? Or or perhaps what what's even more sinister, and this is this my theory, the Republicans that say that they are pro cannabis. It's it's ten or fifteen on their list of issues. Taxes are are more important to them. Property rights are more important to them. Gun rights are more important to them. You know, um, limiting abortion that's more important. So even though they they love the plant and they love the people that use the plant theoretically, um, they vote for the Republican Party because they provide them with those other couple of things that I I just mentioned. So. Again, cannabis, it's nice to have, and I want it legal, but I mean, stopping immigration is more important to me. Um, cutting, 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 um, Medicaid or, 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 uh, or SNAP benefits. That's more important to me. Um, low taxes. That's more important. The second amendment. I love the second amendment, but, but again, I'm not going to put it, I'm not going to put it top i'm not gonna put it like i'm not gonna put it number one of my on my list of issues i'm sorry i I don't work that way but again that's my theory but i will i will end with this so for 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 all my listeners of all backgrounds if if you're a conservative and and you are actually talking to your politicians and you are actually writing to your politicians and you're actually talking about how you want cannabis legal and you're actually talking to your friends and family and you're trying to get them to to like the plant and like to be able to use the plant or or just like the people that use the plant if you're doing all those things if you're doing all those right things then i'm not talking about you i'm talking about the majority of, of conservatives in power and the ones that and and the conservative voters that vote for metaxas but love the plant and love cannabis you're not going to get cannabis reform under conservatives right now. Um, those, those other affairs, those other wedge issues are way more important to the Republican politicians, it seems, than cannabis ever is. And cannabis is used as a, as, as a, as a sword. It's used as a sword. It's used as, as a culture war sword. Oh, that's a minority-loving drug. That's not, that's not a drug that, that upstanding Christian Protestant people do after 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 high school or college or at all so again if you're a cannabis user and and cannabis is a big part of your life either medic medically or you know for for other reasons you you can't you shouldn't keep voting for politicians that are going to vote against that and they're they've proven time and time again to be against that you might have to vote libertarian you might have to leave the ballot the ballot for your local officials blank if they're if if they're fossils that hate the plant and hate the people that use it you may you may have to you may have to write you may have to organize locally you may have to do, do more of the um more of the things that i told people to do in any state that that episode that i did about making it legal in your neck of the woods um but yeah i mean i don't want to keep this episode too long but I, I feel that this needed to be said. And I feel that this 
all of it needs to be addressed because too many uh, comment sessions on reddit they're like oh well like when when people are like oh well it's uh, it seems like in most of these states it's the republicans blocking it and then republicans in in the thread instantly get defensive like oh well i'm not like that okay then why are your politicians like that then why are the politicians that you vote for for taxes and for cutting down immigration why are they so anti-cannabis why is that the case why is that the case and why do you keep voting for these people sorry i had to get this off my chest because it's just so ridiculous I, i hate when people do stupid things and then get defensive when you call them out on doing stupid things or supporting fossils that, that, that are antithetical to making the cannabis accessible and affordable for average chains and average shows. But again, uh, this podcast, we, that's, that's, that's our mantra, making cannabis accessible for average chains and average shows nationally and globally. That's what we strive to do. And that includes pushing out fossils that hate the plant and hate the people that use the plant. That also includes um, writing to politicians. That also includes, if you live in a recreational state, writing to your city council people, making sure that they like the plant and like the people that use the plant and aren't going to block cannabis establishments in your area. Writing to your politicians and saying you you want lounges in your locality or attending city council meetings like like I do. Like this, this is how you get cannabis accessible and affordable for average things and average shows. You, you have to vote out fossils. And if that means you have to vote for people outside your party that are going to get your interest done, then you're going to have to probably do that. But it's the idiots. It's the idiots that have zero patience for that, that, that get defensive when we point out that the Republican politicians that they like voting for, for my taxes and for my guns, um, hate the plant and hate the people that use the plant. When you pull, when you get defensive about that and then you can continue to cop please for doing that, then I don't have patience for you and I don't want you as a listener. I frankly don't. But again, I don't want to keep this episode particularly too long. As always, I can be found anywhere you find podcasts such as iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and other platforms like it. You can find me on Instagram at underscore I am Cannabis Sativa. You can find me on Twitter at IC Sativa Pod. And before I leave this episode, um, before I finish this off on the audio version of this, we're not going to go to the outro because um, I want, I feel that repetition is a very good, um, is a very good tool for, for, for teaching and, and, you know, instilling sort of message discipline, you know, fully ironing out what we're about, what we stand for and, and putting you with, with other cannabis um, aficionados that are also that also have like-minded goals um, earlier this year we had a great interview with Bill from the website Smoke a Republican and we talked about why conservatives do the things they do when it comes to the plant so I'm going to enclose that entire episode I know it's an hour or so this is going to be a jumbo episode another jumbo episode if you listen to the um, audio version of this but yeah, and I feel that repetition is a good teacher. So I'm, I'm going to enclose that episode because I feel there's a lot of important things there. But as always, everyone, stay medicated, my friends. Peace out and ciao. Hey, Dan, how are you? Good. Good, Bill. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Awesome. <laughs> awesome is right. Okay, I'm going to change my answer. I'm doing awesome. <laughs> Better. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, not not a problem. Um so could you like could you fill the audience on, you know, what what your site does? Um um a little bit about your background and your history with cannabis and um why you became an advocate of um smoking out a Republican. Absolutely. Um so I grew up a Republican. I'm from Texas originally, and I was born and bred a conservative, you know, right-wing Republican. I was raised racist. I'm a white person. I was raised racist. I was raised super capitalist. I loved Ronald Reagan. I was a kid in the 80s and uh, hated immigrants and thought we should get rid of, you know, uh, welfare, except for just all the terrible things. Um, and then in my very early 20s, uh, a friend of mine introduced me to cannabis. And I had heard terrible things about it, like you do when you're a Republican, and didn't want to do it, but I tried it, and I liked it. And then I liked it more. And then I kept trying it, you know, here and there. And then eventually, cannabis for me, and part of the reason I started this little movement we're, we're getting going here, Smoke Out a Republican, is that I think this happens for a lot of people, but I don't think there's anyone organizing it and making it more widespread, and I think that needs to happen. Cannabis woke me up. Cannabis showed me that everyone is a person, which is not something you think is right when you're a Republican, far from it. Um, but cannabis showed that to me. And once you see that, you can't go back to being a Republican. So our goal this year with Smoke Out a Republican um, is to smoke out, if you will, get high, smoke out a million Republicans in the United States because we need to. Something needs to change about our politics. Cannabis has played that role in the past, especially in the 30s and the 60s, and it can play it again. And that's why we're here. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, um, for sure. I mean, we, um, you know, it's, I forgot the, I forgot who said this. I think it was like Muhammad Ali that said this, like, um, that if you are the, like, if you are the same person you were when you were like, I think when you were 20, that you are at 60, then you've wasted your entire life. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's true. And unfortunately, I think most people, Myself included, frankly, if not for cannabis, I think if not for cannabis, I would be exactly the way I was. And the way I was was not good for me or for the world. Uh, So, yeah, I would have stayed exactly the same. I think most people stay pretty much the same. And, you know, for for I'm not here to judge anyone's life or lifestyle far, far from it. But for the world, for the way we live our lives in the world toward other people, the way we vote uh, and the way we want the world to be. My informed opinion as a lifelong Republican until I wasn't is that Republicanism is not the right worldview. So if you're 20 or 30 or 40, 50, even 60, 70 or 80, and you've been a Republican your whole life, try cannabis and it might just show you a better way. For sure. Um, like I've like, it, it just seems like I'm I'm noticing that like, like I've I've been following you know cannabis news since sort of the inception of this podcast um, three years ago, mm-hmm. and it it just seems that like like it seems like you're seeing more conservatives like more like like more conservatives like you know taking up the issue or not being deadly afraid of it or afraid that you know they're going to be seen as a liberal. But then you see you do see 
like you do see a lot of new politicians, a lot of new conservatives. You do see a lot of them still clinging to it. Like one example is um, or two prominent examples. So I live in Massachusetts. I live right near the New Hampshire border. So I know a Mm -hmm. little bit about the politics of New Hampshire and the governor there. He's he's a young Republican and he um, he's considered like a like a New England centrist conservative. And, Mm -hmm. like, he, like, to his credit, he decriminalized cannabis in New Hampshire, but he still remains very opposed to to any sort of legalization. And Mm -hmm. it's probably... It's partly because, um, like the cop unions and what whatnot, they 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 pay off the politicians pretty big, but um, but like he he's he's one of the youngest governors in the United States, mm. but he he's I think in his I think like forty two forty three, and he said that he's against it because it's going to fuel the opioid crisis. Um, mm, I'm not <laughs> sure about that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, that is someone who needs to smoke some weed um, because there's like that attitude in particular that marijuana leads to other drugs like opioids um, is in generally speaking just wrong. Um, you know, I've been around a lot of people that do a lot of different drugs, whether it was in college or, you know, in adult life. The main one in adult life for me has been seeing people drink a ton of alcohol. So if there's a gateway drug that poisons America already it's called alcohol and it's the gateway to more alcohol. You don't really need other drugs. If you're drinking enough booze, it's going to destroy your life. So it'd be interesting if conservative politicians were against alcoholism, which they're definitely not. Um, (laughs) So there's that. But marijuana prohibition, the idea, which I certainly learned as a Republican, that marijuana prohibition is designed to protect people from getting into harder drugs. I think some people are going to get into drugs no matter what. It's genetic. They grew up around it, unfortunately. Something is going to probably pull them into doing what I would call real drugs or kill you drugs like cocaine and heroin and opioids, right? Things that really, truly destroy your life. Marijuana is not going to do that. Um, The other thing is the experience of being high is – I don't know if you smoke. Maybe you do. I certainly do. The experience of being high is not like the experience of being drunk or being on you know, some sort of a painkiller. It's quite different. So if someone likes – marijuana, they like cannabis, they like that mental and physical experience, there's not a good analog in other drugs necessarily. So they're not going to find that, you know, necessarily in other substances. So the whole thing is ridiculous. And New Hampshire is a beautiful state. They could have huge rolling fields of cannabis and make tons and tons of money. So that governor should really think twice. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, I just, I don't get it. Like, you have like, I, I, and I think the Florida governor, he said similar stuff about how like, we have to be careful about recreational because we don't want to send the wrong message to children. Dude, you grew up on like, M- you grew up on like Carson Daly as like the VJ of MTV. Like why yeah. do you literally believe this stuff? Or are you being paid by big alcohol, big prison, big tobacco? Or does he feel that that's his yeah. way to rise up in the party? Like, I just, I, I don't like, what do, what do you think is the mindset of that? Well, it's, it's a really interesting time. Like you said earlier, there's conservative politicians even really reprehensible ones like Matt Getz from Florida, for example, in Congress, <laughs> sponsored the Moore Act, which is the bill, is, I know you know this, but it's the bill that passed uh, the House of Representatives at the end of the Trump administration, of all things, to basically decriminalize cannabis, if I understand that right. I think that's what happened, right? Um, or it, it delisted it as a, a Schedule One drug. Is that what it did? Something good, right? 
So he supported that, and other Republican members of Congress supported that, and there are Republican governors that support decriminalization or medical marijuana and so forth. There's very few states left that don't have some form of medical marijuana, and a lot of the ones in November uh, of this past year, of, of 2020, that passed some form of decriminalization or, or medical availability, uh, there were at least half, there were five or six, I think, and I believe they were all very conservative states, places like Idaho, although don't quote me on that. Um, although I realize, <laughs> I yeah, realize just... I'm, I'm on the air, but I, you know, it was a list of, of very conservative states. But here's what I think is happening. I think in the same way that there's a conflict between you know never Trumpers and MAGA people, that the Republican universe is kind of split. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier like centrist New England Republicans. That's like the rarest breed possible. But there are those people certainly, and they're not just in New Hampshire. Um, they're Over in every bought. state. Yeah, but they're also think of like the average sort of upper middle class family, you know, a doctor, like the and, country club conservative. Is exactly. That, yeah, I, I didn't know those types. Yeah, and they they think Trump's an asshole. I don't know. If, I'm sorry. I don't know if I can use that kind of language here. But go ahead. Go ahead. Great. Okay. Yay, the internet. Um, <laughs> they don't like him, but they would play golf with him, uh, and they like his tax policies. They're not MAGA people, but they sure are sick of all these liberals, you know, always riding them and blah, blah, blah. And and I grew up in this world, too. I mean, my family had a country club membership and the doctors and lawyers and, you know, educated, professional, affluent people who drive away in a Cadillac or a Lexus or a Porsche. They're as racist and hate filled and disdainful of Democrats and liberals generally as the guy in the MAGA hat climbing the wall outside the Capitol. It's just a question of how far they're willing to go. Um, and the way that connects back to cannabis is that I think some of those folks would be very comfortable with it being legalized because they don't care. Um, some of them would be comfortable with it being legalized because they want to make money. Uh, and there's a million ways to make money out of cannabis. Uh, but some of them will never want it to be legalized um, because they really bought into the propaganda against cannabis when they were younger and it's been around them. Um, and that's that's a shame. But <laughs> to put a wrapper around all of that, I think the way to show Republicans that cannabis ain't so bad is to have them try cannabis. Uh, that's really the key. I mean, I've never met someone never uh, who tried cannabis and was like, it was everything I feared it would be. No, never again. I mean, sometimes people don't like it. But like the universal response that I've heard is, oh, why is this illegal? And that's exactly right. And so that's why we're trying to get Republicans more exposed to this experience because it's not dangerous. It's interesting and it's nice. And to sort of like piggyback off what we just sort of like mentioned, like um, sort of like the divide between sort of conservatives, um, like it, it does seem that like, like, like the status quo, like in terms of like the Republicans isn't sustainable because People like I'm in my early 30s. I don't know of anyone my age, even the like, the conservative like friends that I had that would vote for a, a candidate, like even a conservative candidate that was like anti-cannabis. Like like they're not going to get like millennial votes or Zoomer votes continuing what they're doing. Like 
and even the younger ones like like Tom Cotton who is like I I think when there was like an there was like an article about it being essential all over the United States including his state of Arkansas like their their program is like it's a, a lot of patients are going to the program but then he was just mm-hmm. missing why it was called an essential good like he's he's another guy in his early 40s sort of parodying that but mm-hmm. like I I do feel that like like I don't know. Like I, I, I said this in an episode of my my podcast that like the like 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 there might be like a libert. I feel like there's an opening for perhaps libertarians and and you know on on a state level on a local level to really clean house in a lot of these conservative states. Like to, to get the younger vote. To I don't know. I feel like the, there's either going to be the Trumpian wing, like you just said, or mm-hmm. it's going to be the uh, sort of the Romney, you know, what's the name, Bader wing of the Republican Party. But, mm-hmm. I mean, either way, it's... Yeah, it's a very weird and frightening time for the Republican Party and for the rest of us because they're extremely powerful. Uh, they have, you know, control of the minds of about half the adults in the country and or at least, you know, 74 million people or whatever it was that voted for Trump. That's a lot of people, Um you know, it's at least it's almost a third of the full population, including children. Right. And so it's it's a big block of adults. Um, and a lot of them are super pissed and armed. So <laughs> it's a very serious situation. I think the good news for those of us who uh, want Republicans to not be Republicans anymore um, is that that instability is something that will benefit everyone as long as the way that Democrats and progressives and libertarians too, I think, you know, people who have values that are not Republican values, the way that we approach Republicans at this time, because what's happening to the Republican party with Trump on one side. And I think you're exactly right. The kind of Romney business, socially conservative, but not insane necessarily, you know, guys, that split is very unstable. And what we have to remember is those are our fellow country people, right? Like those are our, our fellow citizens. We have a responsibility to our country. We also have a responsibility to them um, to reach out to them literally and say, listen, like, can we talk? <laughs> can we? Yeah. Right. Because this, you know, I'm on Twitter a bunch. I know uh, probably a lot of your listeners are, are in the sort of political chat sphere um, and certainly social media. The divisiveness runs both ways. There is a lot of Marjorie Taylor Greene hating and a lot of Marjorie Taylor Greene loving and that extends out into the broader population. So the divisions that we experience between, you know, Democrats hating Republicans and Republicans hating Democrats, the Republicans, I feel, are not going to bridge that gap. They are not going to come to us and say, listen, neighbors, let's chat. That's they're past that point. Someone has to do that or we're going to end up in a much worse situation uh, whatever that means. And the, the really dangerous part is that there's no way to know what could happen and how bad it could get if we don't reconnect with each other. Fortunately, like 46 states or something have legal cannabis in some format, including some really conservative states, like really deep red South, South, South or Mountain Dakota. West. Yeah, South Dakota, uh, Alaska. Florida, Alaska, all these places, the Mountain West has it, Montana, Montana which is yeah. like the most conservative state in America, maybe Utah uh, would be worse. Texas doesn't, which stinks. I mean, they have some, but like not nearly enough. Uh, but what's not happening, what's not happening yet, and this is what we're trying to change, this is our core mission with Smoke Out a Republican, is that 
the potheads, the cannabis enthusiasts, the cannabis business people who have a tremendous capacity to communicate broadly are not reaching out to conservative people and saying, you know, this is, this is a lifestyle you might like better. This is a worldview that's really great. Come on, man, like come hang out with us and just see what you think. I, I, I think what we want in our little, our little gathering momentum movement here is for people to start having those conversations with friends and family and say, listen, 20 years ago, we wouldn't have had a problem with each other. The only thing that's changed is that the politicians have gone crazy and we're all listening to them. Here, smoke this and let's talk. That's what needs to happen. I also feel that like some of like the, well, I mean, most notably like, you know, federal prohibition, most importantly, but like some of like the laws that like are, are in the books federally, I, I don't feel help matters. Like, for example, um, a lot of, like a lot of people like, I mean, I'm like, I, I consider myself fairly progressive, but I'm, I've always been pro second amendment. That's been one thing I've sort of been conservative on, but mm -hmm. like, federally like you're they don't allow um gun owners to and, and marijuana to to mix and i do feel that a lot of conservatives like even like i've talked to like listeners in my i've talked to listeners of my podcast like when they were voting on it in arizona like like i know someone who he he's he's he waited for adult use to start, you know, going to the store and, and buying it because he does not want a card and doesn't want to give up his, his Second Amendment. Mm -hmm. Like, 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 I do feel like we need to get like legislation that 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 addresses that because a lot of people they're going to be like, oh, well, maybe this could be a medicine for me, but am I going to give up my firearms now? Yeah. Oh, there's there's tons of reasons. I mean, when Trump was first elected, the fact that it's illegal on the federal level is it creates the possibility that a president or Department of Justice or an attorney general who was so inclined could say, hey, guess what? We're going to enforce federal marijuana law. Everyone who's a cannabis business, your business is now illegal. You're a criminal. Uh, everyone who is possessing cannabis under legal state laws or whatever, you are now a criminal. Come turn it in at the dump and we'll burn it. That is possible. And actually, when Jeff Sessions came in as the attorney general under Trump, he was, right, at the very beginning? Yeah, yeah. Right? He was not a fan of cannabis, I think. So a lot of us were concerned and saying, oh, my God, is, is Trump going to, like, enforce federal cannabis law or maybe even make it stronger and worse? So that possibility is always there. So it's really important in the Biden administration, I think. I mean, they have very serious <laughs> issues to deal with, COVID first and foremost. And just to be clear, what I'm suggesting and what my, my sort of movement is all about is definitely not encouraging people to break quarantines to smoke pot together. Um, definitely not. Um, we believe in masks and social distancing and washing your hands very strongly. This is what we're encouraging people to do to get together and smoke is something to do after we're all vaccinated and not before, just to be really clear. Um, having said that, uh, the laws that are changing at the state level are fantastic. If, the Biden administration doesn't succeed in passing a version of the Moore Act or whatever is necessary to make it safe for states to legislate and legalize. If that doesn't happen, then we still run the risk of a later administration going bonkers and making everybody in the country like, you know, it was in Texas when I was growing up where you could go to jail for 10 years for a dime bag. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, we like yeah, we definitely like we definitely need like federal reform and you know reform um, ac- across the board with with the plant. Um, so like something else that I wanted to sort of like like address like something another mindset that I see and this isn't only with like Republicans but like I I do like like we're at least around where I live like near like the New Hampshire border like there like like it does seem that there are like people that are like that want it to be legal and um think that we waste too much money on it but the the heck am i but you know the heck you know like they they don't want to be seen advocating for it they don't want to be mm-hmm. you know seen you know calling their their reps or they don't want to be outed but like they want they want reform but it's like like how do you like how do you like sort of like what sort of conversations do you have with people to get people away from sort of complacency cuz like because the state above me like you know sort of a purple state 70 percent of the population wants it legal um in that state but Mm -hmm. then they voted for a republican trifecta which is going to keep it illegal like are is there just some is there just do you do you get the sense that some conservatives that they want legalization but they only want it in their specific sort of way if that like makes sense oh a hundred percent and that frankly that's just conservatism um, conservatism means you want to, you want things to stay not just the way they are, but you want things to be exactly the way you want them. That's what conservatism truly means. Keep things the way they are. If you like them, keep the things you like. That's what real conservatism is, which is part of the reason why there's a million different kinds of conservatives. Some conservatives are social conservatives. They want to preserve traditional social ways and values. Fiscal conservatives want to preserve the fact that they probably have more money than other people. Like you don't find a lot of poor fiscal conservatives. That is infrequent. Um, <laughs> cannabis pro cannabis conservatives are probably socially liberal, right? It's a very libertarian kind of. I'm not a libertarian, so I won't speak for libertarians, but um, it seems like a socially libertarian sort of thing. It's like, sure, don't hurt anybody, go go crazy, right? Smoke as much as you want. Who cares? Um, as long as you don't, you know, harm anyone or and so forth. Um, and at the same time, the anarchist type, sort of the left version of a libertarian, a real anarchist. I don't mean a crazy bomb thrower, but like a you know political anarchist would say, no one has the right to tell you not to do something that doesn't harm someone else. It's completely your choice. Have at it. It's interesting that the sort of right wing freedom people and the left wing freedom people can come at this issue exactly the same way. Um, and even fiscal conservatives can get behind legalization because they see some of them that you can the state can make a ton of money. We can pay for a lot of stuff with uh, with tax money, um, and it doesn't hurt, frankly, that some cannabis interests. I don't know which ones, um, and maybe it's the tobacco companies, maybe it's the pharmaceutical industries. But there is now political money to be made, and I think this is a good thing. It's it's not a good thing that bribery is sort of legal in our country. We call it lobbying, but it's basically legalized bribery. That's bad. But as long as those are the rules of the game, if business voices with lobbying dollars can contribute to political campaigns and gain access in the unfortunate way that you have to, then that's a good thing. Because getting cannabis legalized, not just medical, but general recreational, full legalization, full decriminalization, expunging the criminal records of people that are in jail for 
you know, possession of a small amount, not real violent criminals, but like people who had a dime bag in 1986 and are still in jail, those people, let them out, clear their records. That just straight up needs to happen because this shouldn't have been illegal in the first place. And it's been almost a century since, what's his name? The uh, head of the drug, whatever, Alsinger in the 30s. Asslinger or something like that. Yeah, that guy. He was an Asslinger, wasn't he? (laughs) That guy. Ever since him, it's been like a century-long, profoundly expensive, violent, destructive, stupid mistake. The fact that there are conservatives that support legalizing it or decriminalizing now is amazing. But there is one, I know I'm going on, but there's one more step after that that really needs to happen for a Republican who supports cannabis legalization, whether they're an elected official or a regular person. If you're a Republican and you're listening to this, uh, take it from me, your ex-brethren, if you support other people smoking marijuana, you should smoke it too. You should try it because you might be very surprised how much you like it and how you like the way it changes your world. For sure. Like, don't, like, um, don't knock something unless you've, you've, you've tried it to a certain degree. Exactly. And I think I wrote a blog post about this the other day. We have a website, smokeoutarepublican.com. I'm a shameless self-promoter, so I'm always going to drop the, the website in there. But I, would, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't do that. So smokeoutarepublican.com, uh, we've got a blog. And I wrote a post about why Republicans are anti-marijuana. And there's a lot of reasons. One of them is religious. And I think this is very important because Republicans, more than Democrats, tend to be people of faith, which is cool. I have no objections to religion of any kind. I'm an agnostic. I don't know if there's a God or gods, and I don't – I just don't know. So that's my position. Um, I'm not anti-religion though. But the Christian religion, especially in conservative circles, tends to be very anti-marijuana. And so anyone who's very Christian, like I was, I was super Christian – very conservative Christian, is likely to not want to smoke pot. And that's something that also has to be gotten over. Um, And I think to your questions about why are these conservative legislators not willing to go the full mile or why are they making these weird arguments, half legalization, half not, I think the personal influence of faith, and not really faith, but like church leaders telling them that pot is the devil's weed or something, I think that probably plays a big role. And I think that the influence of conservative religious leaders and groups and people uh, on those elected officials also plays a big role. But it's funny because I don't, again, I don't know if you smoke, but for your listeners who smoke, you do. Okay. It can be kind of a religious experience. I mean, it can really make you feel in touch with the world. It's it's very spiritual for a lot of people. Um, The Rastafarian religion, which I don't know anything about except what I'm about to say basically, but they use cannabis as a way to sort of commune with, with God. Right. And it's, uh, and that's, it's been that way for thousands of years, right? They just, archeologists just found cannabis apparently in like an ancient, uh, temple in Israel or something. I don't know what the, what the full details are, but it's, it's a spiritual thing and there's nothing anti-Christian about it. So if, if that's the concern in a Republican's mind, then I would say you can rest assured that you're in good company, probably with Jesus when you smoke pot. <laughs> It, it can get like a ritual. Like I remember, like when I was in college, like one of my um, one of my roommates I was pretty close with. We like after like we would go to the bars and then like right like right towards the end when it was like the like when it was like last call whatever, 
we would mm-hmm. go to this like it was Antonio's Pizza Place in um, in 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 Amherst because um, I went to the to UMass Amherst. So yeah, cool. It's a great school. Yeah. Um, so we would go get this Antonio's pizza, which amazing pizza, and they would have this hot cheese, hot cheese, um, up front. So I think they would have, yeah. So they would have like a, like, yeah, they would have like hot cheese for, I think just like $1 or whatever. So we would always get that. Um, we already, we bought, we already bought pepperoni. So we put the pepperoni when we get back to the apartment. Ooh, that's smart. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I want to go back in time and like talk to my roommates from college and be like, guess what I heard? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So we would like, yeah. So we'd, we'd, we'd get that pizza. We would wait until we would get back to the apartment. We'd smoke and then we would have the pizza and then play video games. And then, Oh man. See, that's the best. I love that. We used to do that. There was a game on PlayStation called Bushido Blade. Did you ever play that game? Uh, no, I, I don't think I have. Okay, it's like a ninja sword fighting game, and this is PlayStation 1. So it was very advanced for its time visually. It was like early 3D animation, and the way that the sword fighter characters moved, it was just you sword fighting somebody else, it was very immersive. And so we used to smoke and just stay up and play Bushido Blade for hours, and we were like convinced that if we you know, did it a certain way. We could like change the way the figures were moving, which you could not do because as cool as it looked, it was very basic. Um, but it's fun. You know, you just stay up with friends and you hang out and you talk. And especially when you're young or when it's early on, you know, you have those quote unquote deep conversations, which I find the culture, you know, movies and TV shows when they, when they show potheads, they kind of make fun of like, Hey man, do you ever think about like, your hand, you know, that's, it's yeah. a joke, right? But the thing is, like, those thoughts, they do come. People have those thoughts. I certainly had them. But what's interesting is I think those thoughts are actually really important. And probing into what a high person is thinking about when they're saying, like, hey, what about – be like, yeah, man, tell me about it. Because that person could be having an interesting thought. It could just be like, hey, man, I like chips and pizza, which is cool. I like chips and pizza. But it could be something interesting. And the, it's, it's funny, the culture, in the same way that conservative culture has made it like, oh, it's the devil, or like, oh, it'll make you a slacker, which is awesome, by the way, being a slacker. Uh, the broader culture, and I think Cheech and Chong had something to do with this, sorry guys, uh, other movies have, it makes it sound like being a stoner, you're just stupid, right? Right. And that the sort of, hey man, conversations are dumb, but far from it. I think that's actually where we should be going, that's where the interesting thoughts come from. And I think if you pursue those thoughts, very interesting revelations can come. That worked for me. And to sort of, to, 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 to segue into that, um, with regards to conversations, like I, I have seen some like pretty good news. Like, um, like there are, there have been like in, in, in states throughout the country, like one particular example that I remember covering on my podcast, um, um, last year, um, Louisiana um, was like they like there was a there was a lawmaker, a conservative, a pretty conservative lawmaker who he he initially voted against medical cannabis there. Um, he um, he voted against all cannabis bills, but then when he was put in this committee for um, I think opioids and like uh, human welfare or something like that, mm-hmm. he. Um, he saw how many people were dying due to the opioid crisis, and then 
um, as medical cannabis became legal in the state, he was getting a lot of emails and a lot of letters from his constituents. And then he, he actually flipped on the issue. So he, he, he started advocating a lot more for medical cannabis people. And I think he was one of the people that spearheaded the bill in, in the Louisiana legislature, which allowed it so cannabis could re- be recommended for any condition that a nurse or doctor sees fit. And then that actually got to the governor's desk and got signed. That's um, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So how do we get more of those stories sort of going, you know, um, I feel this is going to be applicable, you know, all over the United States, especially in sort of holdout states. I think you're exactly right. And what what that story reminds me of is really two things. On the one hand, many Republican legislators are good people who are trying to do their best to help their city, their state, their country, Right. They have good intentions and they have values that I personally don't agree with and that I think when they're taken to their maximum limit are terrible and very destructive. But that doesn't make these people monsters. They have hearts, many, most, practically all of them. And so when a story like the real, like you're relating, like the real cost of opioids, you know, it lands. They get it. Anyone can, except for Marjorie Taylor Greene and a few other people in Congress, (laughs) pretty much anybody can say like, okay, I get it. Like that's ridiculous that's horrible. This can help. Let's, let's get this. I think something similar happened with medical marijuana in a lot of places when, you know, terminally ill patients and children and epileptics and these horrible afflictions, uh, for which there's no conventional medical cure or even treatment in some cases. Um, it took a long time and a lot of suffering and it's not over in a lot of places, but conservative legislators and policymakers confronted with the reality that just the reality that this is a medicine for many, many people when nothing else is a medicine have relented and sort of given into the obvious moral imperative. Unfortunately, that is probably not going to be enough. Um, it may be enough to get it legalized in a lot of places, but legalization is just the first step. There's a cultural shift that has to have that has to happen after that. The good news is I think there has been something of a cultural shift, at least it's, it's gone farther lately than it ever has, which is when it comes to uh, issues of sexuality. Um, the marriage equality victory in the Supreme Court and the victories before that in state Supreme Courts and state legislatures to legalize gay marriage was the result of a lot of work done by a lot of very dedicated people for decades uh, to try to get, you know, people who want to marry people of the same sex recognized as human beings, which the fact that that had to happen at all is ridiculous, Uh, but it has happened. Um, But the culture needs to go farther, but I think it is. And I think part of the reason that conservative legislators got to a better place on gay marriage, marriage equality, um, is that the culture, TV shows, movies, it made gayness okay, sort of made it cool. Shows like Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Uh, six Feet Under. Six Feet Under completely. There are many others. And all the way going back to like Billy Crystal on Soap, the first out gay character on American television in the 70s. Um, and on and on and on. Liberace, many others. Uh, something happened in the culture where the majority of Americans were finally like, you know what? Okay. Gay people are humans. We get it. We, we relent. And damn right. And far too late. I think that cultural shift needs to happen with cannabis also. And what's interesting is it has happened before. 
It happened in the 1960s. There was a reaction against it, of course, and Nixon got elected, but we just had Trump. So I think we can be, <laughs> we've got a lot of experience dealing with bad dudes. Hopefully we can hold them off. But I kind of feel like what we need to do is have another 60s, at least in the sense of the widespread use of cannabis um, across classes and across genders and ethnicities and regions and interests. Um, and I think everyone should get as high as they possibly can, frankly, because <laughs> Uh, the, the revelations come and those interesting conversations come only when you get really skedaddled, but, uh, getting really skedaddled is really awesome. I think like other, like, I think other things that could sort of facilitate this, like even in like very conservative States, like, like, you know, the CBD, um, the, the proliferation of CBD, I feel like the, like the hemp farm bill that was just signed, um, three years earlier, I feel like that. I feel like that with addition to the 2016 election cycles and the 18 and 20 um, election cycles when a bunch more states legalize, I, I, mm -hmm. I do feel that we hit that fever pitch between 2016 and 2018 or so. Um, I do think that's like, like more like just like just like the CBD business, like, you know, like farming, creating jobs. Um, uh, you know, stores, um, you know, hemp feed, hemp, hemp stock, like, mm -hmm. like just allowing it, like allowing CBD to become more prevalent and, and, you know, the businesses, um, I, I feel like that's going to help a whole lot. Even just see basic CBD stores can, I, I do feel can change people's perception a, a bit, you know, hugely, hugely. I mean, I was at the pharmacy the other day buying toothpaste and there on the vitamin aisle is just like hemp, 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 CBD, CBD, CBD. It's, it's hugely important and um, it's, it sort of goes hand in hand with the medical application, but it's an over-the-counter thing. It's an everyday thing. It's almost like a vitamin um, or a dietary supplement and that appeals to everyone. Everyone can access that and it's not like CBD is like this mind-blowing thing. You, you take CBD and it helps and that's it. You're not on an acid trip and so I think – it's going to help people familiarize and, and get comfortable. I think you're exactly right. Um, and then that lowers the barrier for some people to then try uh, using cannabis recreationally. I, I, I personally believe that laws should be followed. So if you're in a state that has medical marijuana but not recreational, you should not break that law. That is my position. Um, but if you're in a place that has recreational, Go crazy, man. Like share it with as many people as you can in a way that's safe with COVID. So probably not right now. Um, but spread the word and spread the weed. That is – and I think you're exactly right. The foundation for that has been laid now in a way that it never has before. And that will have political ripples in 2022 and 2024 and beyond. And also remember there are also local ordinances. There are sheriff's elections. Yeah. Um, you know, county law enforcement. Um, you know, the legend of the sheriff in Austin, Texas, way back when, who ran on a platform of not enforcing pot laws and won on a landslide, you know, that kind of thing. Those are real and those affect people arguably even more than federal law. Yes, the FBI laws doesn't, for sure. you know, local laws, county laws, that's what governs most people's lives about everything. The FBI doesn't come knocking on your house. The local cops do. Yeah, there was like. There was one case, um, like uh, like Nebraska um, last election cycle. They were supposed to make medical legal, and it was gonna pass. But a sheriff at the last minute filed a court case 
Um, he filed a court case or to their state Supreme Court, and they took it off the ballot, like, I think a oh month before they were supposed to vote on it. Thanks, yeah. Sheriff. Ugh. Yeah, like, so he he did that, and like 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 you said, like these local elections matter. If so, if that if that sheriff was not elected, like that could have been on the ballot. Yep, and it is not that hard to beat someone for sheriff. That's not a high dollar race. So if there are uh, cannabis uh, business folks or you know cannabis enthusiasts or supporters who are politically involved, look at the local officials. Who's your city council? Uh, who's on your city council, who are your county officials, uh, who are your state-level drug enforcement officials or the legislators uh, on the relevant committees of, of origination and jurisdiction in your state legislature? Supre- state Supreme Court, like who elects you, that? And- yes, God, and uh, judges should not be elected, but if you're in a place, again, I'm from Texas, they elect judges, you know, it is not that tough to organize a little local movement and get on the air, you know, get on the radio and on TV news, especially because people who vote watch local TV news still and say, listen, you know, Dan Smith. No, we'll use your actual name. Dan Scotland is not right for Massachusetts because he does not support. I'm just kidding. He does not support medical marijuana. Um, and we can defeat Dan Scotland. Or alternatively, we could say we must vote for Dan Scotland for sheriff because he is a sensible public servant who recognizes that marijuana laws are terrible and Dan Scotland is the sheriff for us. See how easy that is? Everybody yeah. can do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean like these, these, like all these, all these races, like they make a difference. Like who, who you vote for, for state rep or who you vote for, for, you know, state Senator, mm-hmm. um, like in a lot of States, like I think only like, I think less than half have ballot measures. So, you do literally have to get rid of your you do have to put people in your state congress that are pro pro plant like you literally do have to do that definitely and um, again it's you know people think oh my god like politics is this far away thing that like you know it's Donald Trump on TV or it's Joe Biden or it's whatever it's just, I, how could i ever influence it no Go to a city council meeting. Phys- I mean, maybe you can't now, but like Zoom. There's some Zoom. that do Zoom. I, I was yeah. I was at one like last right. like two weeks ago. Yeah, submit a question in advance. They always have community comments or whatever, uh, and you can say something because no one is there. That's the thing. Nobody engages in this stuff, local, county, or state level. Very few people. Some people do, but very few. School boards are the same way. Um, so the people who do get involved have a tremendous influence because there's nobody else in the room. So if you're pissed off about how your state or your town uh, deals with marijuana laws, just go talk to the officials in charge of it. It's actually way easier now because, you know, your city councilwoman doesn't have to, like, make an appointment for you to come to her office. You just have to get her on her Zoom screen for 30 minutes and say, hi there, I am a cannabis enthusiast. I sure would like to have recreational or I'm someone who would love to be a cannabis patient, but we don't have medical marijuana in this state or whatever. And just because these are people, they're elected officials, but they're parents and they shop at the grocery store and they wear pants, you know, like they're people. Just talk to them. No one does that. It's I'm sure they're they actually like hearing from people as long as they're not going to scream at them. Uh, and it's it's free. It doesn't cost a penny. It takes 30 minutes and you can really blow people's minds who are in very position in positions of power so just you know 
as soon as this podcast is over, go look up who your congressman or congresswoman is, your state congressman or congresswoman, and send them an email and say, I would love 30 minutes of your time to talk about cannabis. Um, and I only, I only have like, like, like one or two more questions. Um, so like, like, how do you, like, how do you appeal to sort of, um, you know, how do you appeal to like sort of, um, politicians and, you know, let's say, let's say you go to these meetings, like we just mentioned, like, how do you deal with folks who are so like married to tradition that they don't want to try new things like idaho i just read like they're gonna put a measure on the ballot to prevent people for from legalizing cannabis for recreational medical purposes like it does feel like like i think it's a double-edged sword with the u.s with federalism where states get attached to their brand and their way of doing things Mm -hmm. and anything that's that 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 feels slightly different to that like like cannabis legalization or whatever oh that's going to bring on more liberals or whatever that's going to change the character of our area like how do you persuade politicians that legalizing marijuana is not going to change the character of uh, like let's say texas or whatever yeah it's it's a great question and i think a part of it too it has to do with the state identity like you were saying they don't want to change you know that's not the way we do it here in blank state right yeah the south dakota governor was saying was saying how disappointed she was in the people voting for legalization she's part of the opposition in like the the court like it's it's getting a court challenge right now but we'll, yeah. we'll see if it if, if they hold it up but yeah so and you know the other, the other problem is that every state has its rival states so if yeah o- yeah you know if oklahoma does something texas might not do it because University of Texas Longhorns just played OU last week and OU won. And so, you know, the Longhorns, are, you know, it's it's tied up with all sorts of weird identity stuff. And, you know, Michigan hates Illinois. I don't know. I'm making that up. But there's it hates Ohio. Yeah. Michigan. Yeah, Ohio Michigan hates Ohio. Oh, God, they're awful. And then who knows? Right. How does New Hampshire feel about Vermont? I don't know. Right. No, New Hampshire and Vermont are pretty simpatico, but they they hate on us like all the time. Like Jeez. like. Like there I'll have go. like my New Hampshire coworkers, like when they'll drive, drive to work, they'll be like, "Oh my god, I just lost my gun rights now." Now that I'm in Massachusetts, <laughs> like, like it's, oh like yeah, the, I have friends beef who live in Maryland. Big. No, I have friends who live in Maryland who hate Virginia, and I'm like, you can throw a rock from Maryland to Virginia across the Potomac River. It's the same ecosystem. Like, what's wrong with you anyway? So yeah, it's dumb. So the, to to answer your question, um, the the answer is. It depends on the individual. And that sounds like a shitty answer and a really inconvenient one, but it's actually way easier. In American politics, when you're a person who wants to change things, the tendency is to think like, oh, my God, I have to change all the conservatives or I have to change everyone on the city council or I have to change the whole legislature. No, you don't. You have to change like three or four people's individual minds. And they're not abstract entities. It's not the chairman of the committee. It's you know, Dan Scotland, the chairman of the committee, he's a guy, he lives in a place and he likes some things and he doesn't like other things. You can talk to him. You can find out about him, you know, Google him and see, you know, what other stuff does he care about? Maybe you guys are the same religion, you know, uh, maybe you can talk about that. You know, maybe you both love X sports team. I'm not going to name a sports team. Cause I don't know. Who do you like Dan for real? Like, do you have a sports team you like? 
Um, I, I like uh, I like the Patriots. I like the uh, Green Bay Packers. Okay. Ooh, that's rough. How do you like both? Um, I, I have an NFC team and an AFC team. Okay, I totally get that. That makes perfect sense. Okay, we'll go with the Pats because you're in Massachusetts. So you're a Pats fan. Maybe I'm a Pats fan too, and I want to talk to you. You're on my city council. We'll talk about the Patriots. It's literally just an icebreaker. Um, and you can do that in any instance. You find something you have in common with the person. You open up the door a little bit. You break the ice. And then you can have a conversation about something else. It's almost like going on a date. You know, you're not going to open up with like, hey, you want to come back to my – no, you start with like, whoa, what kind of movies do you like? You have to kind of find something you have in common. Um, once you can find that thing you have in common, then you you also should know what is it about – marijuana, cannabis, legalization, whatever it is, that's going to be the most persuasive to this specific person. Is it going to be tax revenue? Maybe they're a fiscal conservative. Maybe they want to balance the budget. Um, maybe they have a project they want to build in their town or county that's going to cost $80 million. And you can talk about how, yeah, cannabis legalization is going to generate tax revenue that can pay for that bridge, for example. you got to have something that they want, which is not, to, it's not a corruption thing or a politicians are sleazy thing. It's you're asking them to do you a huge favor and put their reputation and even their electability on the line. So you go into a conversation like that, knowing who they are, what they like and what they want. And if you can connect with them and if you can show them how cannabis legalization or frankly, any legal change on any issue is going to give them something they want, or if it connects to something about who they are, then you have a vastly better chance. It's not a guarantee, but it's it's the right way to do it if you want to have the the greatest odds of success. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then sort of like my last sort of like like thing that I wanted to sort of mention. Um, so how many sort of Republicans would you say that you've smoked out thus far? Many, 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 uh, principally in Texas uh, when I was younger. So um, I'm older now and as a professional uh, and uh, a responsible adult, I found, like I was saying earlier, that alcohol is far more dominant uh, than cannabis. And it was a lot easier in college. I just think people who smoke pot probably there's a lot more people smoking it in college. So I went to a conservative Southern University. And what I found was that cannabis or Republicans who smoke pot break down into like two groups. One is the group that just smokes weed and they just like do what they would have done when they were drinking or they smoke when they drink, which is a terrible combination. Yeah, that's horrible. Uh, I, I once drank half a uh, case of somewhat warm cans of Bud Light and smoked two bowls and spent the evening throwing up on my friend's tree so in his backyard. So I don't recommend smoking and drinking. It also the alcohol like kills all of the you know mind expanding interesting effects of cannabis. But uh, so there's those guys, and they're they're like party smokers, and they never actually really get high. I don't think, um, so they're really missing out. Um, there's an analog with the January sixth Capitol Hill riot shitheads. Uh, some of them were actually smoking weed on Capitol Hill. Like there's video footage of it. Um, really? Oh yeah, and I'm sure a lot of them vape and stuff. But they're not, they're not experiencing it the way that you can when you're focused on it and you're not drunk and you're allowing your mind to explore rather than resisting it. Um, so that's, that's the most common. There's a lot of guys like that, mostly guys and women too. Uh, but the other are the Republicans who are just 
curious about literally anything in life. If a person is curious about anything, you know, they like music and not just one damn band. Like they, they, they're into music. They're into movies. They like to read novels, right? Maybe they draw. If there's anything about them where they want to expand their mind, you know, they, they're really good at a foreign language or taking a foreign language or, you know, they're married to somebody from another culture. Um, some opening in the facade of, of like unchanging conservative – then there's a part of them, their personality and their mind um, that's open to exploring. And I've always found that those kind of people, when they get a little high, they'll want to get a little more. They won't just want to like party. Um, and then you can have a really cool conversation. You know, you can sit around and chat and talk about life and the world. And it's again, it's one of those hey man kind of things, but they're cool. And even if someone doesn't change how they see the world, even if they're a Republican forever after that, um, at least you've connected more deeply with another person and so have they. And it's that interpersonal connection where, you know, cannabis makes friends of people like that because all the crap between you, you know, you're black, I'm white, you're a man, I'm a woman, you're straight, I'm gay, I'm gay, you're straight. All of that kind of falls away when you're both stoned. And that right there is the, the crux of the experience of connection that just shakes the foundations of conservatism because conservatism at its bottom, bottom baseline level is I'm different than you and I'm better. Marijuana removes that illusion because we are all the same. And when you see that with someone else, it's very hard to stay conservative. So I think the more people that do that and get there in states where it's legal, um, the better the country will be. And that's what we're trying to do. Um, so any like like so I'll I'll let you have the last word. Um, so is there anything you'd like to plug? Um, where, where can people find you? Thank you. Yeah. So we're on Twitter and we're on the web. So on Twitter we're at at um, smoke out a Repub one. So smoke out a like smoke out a Republican except Twitter cut off the word Republican. So it's smoke out a Repub and the number one. Um, and then we have our blog and our website which is uh, smokeoutarepublican.com. And there you've got our regular blog posts. We talk about um, our history, smoking weed, and uh, sort of the politics of the moment. We comment on major current events like January 6th and the election. Um, there's some funny stuff too. There's a post I just did recently called How High is High Enough? And we talk about the banana scale. So how many bananas high do you need to get to be high enough to stop being a Republican? The answer uh, is on the website. I'm not gonna tell you what it is. You have to go look it up. Um, and then we also have some images that you can download for our stickers and graphics and stuff. Um, we have a new one. It's the, the Smoked Out Elephant, which is actually my Skype logo um, as well. So uh, we've got stickers folks can get. Um, and, of course, we want folks to follow us uh, on Twitter, Smoke Out a Repub one and visit us online at Smoke Out a Republican. And if you are vaccinated, if you have a Republican in your family, in your pod, if there's a way safely now – to share cannabis with a conservative friend or family member or acquaintance uh, that doesn't, you know, spread the pandemic. If you can do that now, if you're hearing this, give it a shot, man. Uh, don't argue with someone and say, hey, man, you should stop being a Republican. Smoke this. That's not going to work. Uh, but if there's someone who you think might be interested, if they have an open mind at all, uh, see if they want to try it. And if they don't, that's cool. But if they do, you know, hang out and uh, maybe it'll change their world. And thank you, by the way, Dan, tremendously for this. I really, really appreciate this opportunity. And uh, I'm looking forward to tweeting the hell out of this interview when it comes out. <laughs>
For sure. I, I, I really enjoyed talking to you, Bill, and I really enjoyed our, our conversation. Um, it's, it's been great. Thank you. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I, I was uh, amazed to see how many uh, podcast episodes you've done and the depth of analysis and the scope you're doing on, on the political and legalization front is great. So um, I want to thank you for that on behalf of all stoners everywhere. <laughs> keep up the good work thank and you. we'll keep listening. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Awesome. You too. And let's keep in touch. Awesome. Will do. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.